Praise the Lord. Amen. How about we say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. So tonight we come to a classic Bible story, the book of Exodus, and that is the story of Moses and the burning thornbush. And um, if you recall last week, we saw the purpose of God's calling, which was what? To deliver the children of Israel out of the tyranny of the Egyptians and of Egypt, the land of bondage, and bring them into uh, Canaan, which is a land that flows with milk and honey. And this land just simply typifies the all-inclusive Christ. And so, um, but before God uh, could deliver God's people out of Egypt, uh, the Lord needed to, uh, first of all, raise up Moses and then appear to him in this uh, great sight that we're about to read about, which is a burning thornbush, and then call him from the midst of that thornbush. So uh, just a little bit of background before we read the verses here in Exodus chapter 3. You know, just a little bit of background. If you uh, consider when Moses was called, he was about 80 years old. So uh, we go back a few weeks ago, one of the brothers was sharing how Moses' life could be composed of three periods. He lived for about 120 years. And the first 40 years, uh, we see that Moses was educated in all the wisdom of Egypt. And Acts chapter 7 tells us that even he was uh, educated within all the wisdom and he had uh, words of power and he had uh, works, uh, great works of, uh, 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 that he performed while he was being educated there in Egypt. But um, we know that uh, eventually he tried to come in and do something to deliver uh, his own people. But we see that uh, God does not need our natural life. God does not need our natural life. Uh, doesn't matter what you attain in the world. God does not need our natural life in order to deliver his people. Although he does need uh, uh, our capacity and our ability, but he needs to bring it through a process of resurrection. So um, eventually uh, we see that God purposely and sovereignly uh, sent him to the wilderness, the land of medium there. And there, as our brother said last week, week, he simply became a shepherd raising sheep. And basically all he did was, all he spoke was sheep. (laughs) So um, that's all he was there. Seemingly, I mean, just imagine a man educating all the wisdom of Egypt and going from that to just raising sheep. Wow. Do you not think that the Lord was dealing with Moses during that next 40 years? Yeah, and it's right about 80 years that then God comes in and appears to him and calls him from uh, this burning uh, thornbush. So tonight we'd like to see some significant details um, in regards to this burning thornbush. And how about we read all together the verses here in Exodus 3, uh, verses 2 through 4. Everybody together. Ready? Go.
Amen. So the first thing, uh, the first significant thing that we need to see from these verses is that uh, the burning thorn bush in Exodus 3 is a symbol of Moses as God's called one, burning with the glory of God. And in the eyes of God, Moses was a thorn bush. We need to really uh, pay attention that this is in the eyes of God. Moses was simply a thorn bush, okay? And if you go back 40 years when he was trying to deliver his people, we saw that he was rejected by his own people. Yeah. So what does this reveal? That he was just simply rejected by man. But however, this vision that, uh, that he saw signifies that he was accepted by God now. And we know that because the fire of God's what glory burned within that bush. That was just a symbol of who? Of Moses himself. God was now accepting him. And he accepted him by calling him. Okay? The second thing that we need to see is that the burning thorn bush in Exodus 3 refers not only to Moses individually, but also to the children of Israel corporately. So that vision that Moses saw was also a vision of the children of Israel collectively. So, um, as individuals, we are all today's Moses. As individuals, we are all today's Moses. We've all been called. Even a few weeks ago, the brother shared, the calling is, starts from within. Right? How many have received the revelation of the Lord coming into us as the Spirit? Right? Yeah. We all have a call. That's a calling right there. What? And also, we need to see that because we are part of the church, we are also a corporate thorn bush. Okay? So how about we read Roman numeral one together? You know, in Deuteronomy 33, 16, we see that the one who dwelt in that thorn bush was God. Okay? Who would ever have thought that God's habitation on earth would be a thorn bush? Think about that. Who would ever have thought that God's dwelling place would have been a thorn bush? Right? You know, if God did not dwell in us... In that thorn bush, I would say that we are basically finished. You know, we may not like the fact that in God's eyes, we are all thorn bushes. You might say to me, well, I'm an engineer. Yes, you're an engineer, but you're a thorn bush engineer. <laughs> you might say to me, I'm a teacher. Yes, you are a teacher, but you're a thorn bush teacher. You might say, I'm a gentleman. A lady, let me tell you, you're a thornbush gentleman <laughs> and lady. All of mankind are thornbushes. And so we need to know why does God view us as a thornbush? Why? And the answer is because all men are fallen. 
So we have to see tonight that our fallen nature is related to two things, thorns and a curse. So in the next point, we'd like to define, we'd like to see how we can go from being a thorn bush to a redeemed thorn bush. So how about we read uh, that second point together? So we need to see that there is a connection between Genesis 3 and Exodus 3. And in both chapters, we have thorn and the fire. Okay? How about we read uh, letter A and, um, yes, letter A. Ready? Go. And then Genesis 3, 17 and 18a. The curse is the ground. And so here we see that um, if we go back to Genesis 1 and 2, we see that man was created to receive God as the tree of life. But before man could receive God as life, sin came in in Genesis 3. And man fell, and they fell under a curse. And as soon as they fell, actually God came in, and the, uh, a flaming sword guarded the way to the tree of life. So, man could no longer contact God, contact God as life. So, we have to be impressed tonight that that thornbush goes back all the way to Genesis 3, right? So, the thorn in Genesis 3 indicates that man is under a curse. The flame of fire indicates that man is excluded from God as the tree of life. So this is just a little formula. Sin brought in the curse. The curse brought in the flame of fire. And the flame of fire excluded sinners from, the, from God as life. If Genesis 3 had ended this way, we would all be in a hopeless situation forever. Hopeless. But hallelujah for Exodus 3. How about we read letter C together? In Exodus 3. And also one. Hallelujah. Brothers, we have good news. The fire has become one with the thorn bush. You know, it's because of Christ's redemption on the cross, his death. You know, in Genesis 4-4, we see here, it says there, And Abel also brought an offering from the firstlings of his flock, that is, from their fat portions. And Jehovah had regard for Abel and for his offering. What was that? That was a type of this of the redemption of Christ. And because of that, 
the fire, that flaming fire that was in the midst of that thornbush, now we're one. You know, once we were thorns under the curse of Genesis 3, but in Exodus 3, we are a redeemed thornbush. Yeah. Now God is burning within us. Yeah. You may not realize that, but God is burning within you. Yeah. Oh my goodness. You know, the reality of this picture is in the next point, Galatians 3, 13 and 14. How about we read letter D together? Galatians 3, 13 and together Galatians let's read these verses together again ready Christ has redeemed us out of the curse of the law having become a curse on our behalf because it is written In these verses, you can circle, Christ has redeemed us out of the curse of the law. Yes. You can also circle, has become a curse on our behalf. And I like the way 14, verse 14 starts, in order. So he redeemed us, right? He uh, became a curse on our behalf in order for what? Circle, so that we may receive what? The promise of the Spirit through faith. So hallelujah, today we are a redeemed thornbush. Brothers and sisters, we have to praise the Lord. Even I would say, well, you may ask, well, how do you know that the spirit signifies, you know, the flame of fire? Well, let's read Luke 12, 49 through 50. Ready? I have come. And sisters, this fire that the Lord Jesus was talking about was the Spirit. But in order for Him to release or to cast this fire, you know what needed to happen? It says here that He needed to be baptized. What was He talking about? You know what He was talking about? His death on the cross. And you know why He longed to be baptized in this way? Because He wanted to cast fire on the earth. That fire is explained in Acts chapter 2. How about we read those verses together? And there appeared to them tongues as of fire. You see, it says here, the outpoured spirit was poured upon the 120, and it says that it appeared to them as what? Tongues of what? Fire. And then it says there that in, in verse 4, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I ask you, just based upon these verses, they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and then what did they do? If you, the answer's in the verse. It says, and began to what? Speak. In different tongues, even as what the Spirit gave them to speak forth. Brothers and sisters, there's a fire inside of all of us in here tonight. 
there's a fire within us. But this fire, maybe sometimes we don't realize it's in us. You know why we don't realize it's in us? Because maybe we haven't spoken. And let me tell you, I want to throw in a little plug for the gospel. How many of us are in the Bible studies? We're getting these wonderful lessons. They're very short. They're repeatable. They're palatable. And, you know, I feel the Lord is equipping us with all these little truths, these little lessons, so that we can speak to one another, but especially, especially to all the ones that are still under the curse. I have a little testimony. I went with two brothers, student brothers. We went out on the gospel about a week ago, on a, I think it was on a Tuesday, and we spoke to this young man. And this young man, we told him simply that man is a container. You know, you've heard this lesson before? Man is a container, right? It's a vessel to contain God. We're created, right, in his image and likeness to contain God, right? And then the first place where he comes into is where? Our spirit. So this is what one of the brothers was sharing. But then this guy started telling us, yeah, but, you know, I also stand for, he had this social issue that he was standing for, certain kind of lifestyle, just to give you a hint there. And he was just going, and he was just going on, and he was just trying to stand for it. And then he asked us, what do you stand for? And I said, my only stance is this, we are all sinners. That is my only stance. We are all sinners. But you know what? That is not a problem for God. You know what? God wants to come into us as live. He wants us to enjoy him as live. And then he said, you know what? I will consider that. And he took our track. And we didn't see him anymore. Okay. Five days later, my wife sends me on a Saturday to go get some pizza for her. So I go on Saturday, 8 o'clock. Lo and behold, who's behind the counter? Andrew. (laughs) He's right behind, and he immediately said, I know you. And I said, and I know you, Andrew. And he goes, do you remember what we talked about? Yes, I do. He goes, you need to come back in here. I'll give you my discount next time. We need to continue this talk. Do you not think God is burdened to release this fire? Did that happen just out of accident? That is our God. He is burdened that we would release this fire that's within each one of us. Maybe, well, brother, I I just don't have the strength. I'm too shy and this. You know, God gave us one another. God gave us one another so that we can go. Right? And if they reject us, praise the Lord. It's okay. We need that. We need that a little bit in our blood, right? We need a little bit of rejection. But you know what? We keep going forward. And guess what? This fire wants to come into others. So but how about we read letter E now? The very God himself. The 
Isn't this good news? Yeah. Hallelujah. Oh, the very God himself, the Holy One, who today is the Holy Spirit, right? He can come in us, right? We were once excluded, brothers and sisters. We were sinners that were excluded from God. Tonight, we can come into his presence. Amen. We can come and enjoy him, right? And not only that, he comes and he visits us. And he doesn't just visit us. He stays with us. Oh, my goodness. Even he dwells within us. That leads us now to point the last point here. It says the church is a corporate thorn bush burning with the God of resurrection. Letter A says God's ultimate goal is to what? This means that God's eternal purpose is to? So if we follow this trace of line, we can find it all the way from the beginning of the Bible to Revelation. And we see that uh, God only has this one intention. And that is to have a dwelling place on this earth. And that place is the church. That place is you and me collectively. And brothers and sisters, we have to see that in the book of Exodus, God appears to Moses as a burning thornbush. That was God dwelling in that thornbush. Do you know the way Exodus ends, chapter 40? It says there that finally the tabernacle had been built, and it says that there was a cloud, and by night there was fire. And it says that that place got filled, the tabernacle got filled with the glory of God. That's pretty consistent. If you ask me about a book, you see that God wants to dwell in this Moses, but eventually he finishes dwelling not just in Moses, but in his people in a corporate way. That thornbush and that tabernacle are just symbols of what? Of us, individually and corporately. Do you not get God speaking? He wants to dwell in us corporately. Praise the Lord, right? How about we all read letter B now? And then how about we have brothers uh, read Deuteronomy 33.1 and then sisters and then all together Exodus 34.30. Ready? Go. And when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, at that time the skin of his face shone. So you can circle in Deuteronomy 33.1, Moses, the man of God. And then in verse 16, you can circle him who dwelt in the thorn bush. And then in Exodus 34.30, you can um, circle the skin of his face shown. 
And I like the, these verses because it shows how Moses, and I'm using his, uh, uh, these verses as an example to show what God is doing in order to gain this corporate, uh, 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 this corporate thornbush. Okay? How does God bring a thornbush to become a man of God? You see, over here, he is a thornbush burning with the flame of fire of God's holiness. But still, the Lord needs to bring him through a process of transformation in order to make him what? A man of God. Well, the key is there in Exodus 34, 30. There we see that after Moses had spent some time with the Lord on the mountain, which was about 40 days, it says that when he came down, his face was shining because of the flame of God's holiness. So, what does that mean? That means transformation. It's just like the example or the illustration of steel. If you thrust it into fire, and then you pull it out, it's burning red. What happened? The fire got into the steel. The essence of the fire got burned into the steel. In the same process is that we are also going through. We're going through a process of transformation in which what? This flame is burning within us. It's sanctifying us. It's transforming us, right? Eventually, it's going to glorify us, and God is going to have a full expression of his life on the earth. Praise the Lord for his intention, right? Uh, how about we read the last point there? Letter C. Being a corporate thornbush. Amen. And now let's read also the verses there together. But concerning the dead. Man, I really like this because, you know, here the Lord pointed to the unbelieving Sadducees uh, to the section of the scriptures regarding or concerning the thornbush. And, you know, it's very interesting here that the title of God is the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. And this implies that he is a God of resurrection. And if God were not the God of resurrection, then if there was no resurrection, then he would be the God of the dead. But God is not the God of the dead. He is the God of the living. And therefore, he is the God of resurrection. You know, so these verses, if you circle where it says, I am the God of Abraham and of the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob, he is not the God of the dead. You can circle this, but of the living. Yeah. But of the living. Yeah. So this implies that he is the God of resurrection. Okay? Now, as those who are still... Obviously, we're still thornbushes, right? But we have the flame of fire that's within us. And, you know, since we're still flesh, it may be difficult for us to believe or to realize that we are in resurrection. But if I was to ask you, 
whether you are in the natural life or in the resurrection life, what would you answer me? More than likely, if we're honest, most of us would say, uh, Brother Isaiah, I'm in the natural life. However, you must not say this. You know why? That means that we don't have faith. We need to be strong in faith and declare that we are in resurrection. You know why? Because our God is not dead. He's living. So you know what? We need to declare, I am in resurrection. I am in resurrection. How about you tell your neighbor, I am in resurrection. we practice that throughout our, the re- remainder of our week. Just whenever we see a brother or sister, I am in resurrection. Okay. Don't stand with yourself. Stand with the God of resurrection. Yeah. Our God is not dead. Amen. He is the living God. Amen. And we know that he's the living God when we express it. We express it what? By faith. Right? God's economy is in faith. So we need to say, I am in resurrection. The more we say this, the more we are in resurrection. And the more we're in resurrection, the more we're in transformed. And the more we are transformed, the more God gains his dwelling place. So I'll end here. And how about we just take a few minutes just to uh, group up. And there's a reading on the back of um, this outline.